This is We Need to Talk About Sam, a podcast where a Supernatural superfan and a Supernatural newbie discuss every single episode of the Hit CW show. This week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 17, Heart. I'm Kenzie. I'm Haley. And we need to talk about Sam. What'd you say? Sam. Sam. <laughs> oh. <saying> Sam. <laughs> I was hearing a T at the beginning and I was really confused. Sam. <laughs> All right. So this is, I think this is our second big city episode. Because we were in Chicago for Shadow. Um, but now we are in San Francisco. Um, fun fact, this episode aired around the same time as a Criminal Minds episode that also takes place in San Francisco. So, uh, that's oh. fun. <laughs> and I now have a headcanon that it was werewolves setting the fires. <laughs> um, so, but we open on a San Francisco bar, uh, and we, we kind of pan through the crowd and settle on four ladies sitting at a table... Like, kind of having some, like, after-work cocktails. I'm assuming it's a Friday. Um, so, the Friday night at the bar with the coworkers. Um, I say that like I've ever done that. I just know it happens in <laughs> fiction. So it must happen in real life at some point, right? <laughs> um, but this one guy, Nate, we learn, walks over to one of the girls, Madison, and uh, is like trying to get her to come back to the office with him like uh, a creep like a fucking creep yep 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 um he's very obviously like trying to like get her alone hit on her and she's like uh-huh you're funny i'm gonna call you a cap see you tomorrow um and after nate leaves um madison i think she's actually already called nate a cap actually she's nate is her boss um just to clarify so it's even more inappropriate for him to be flirting with her um but after nate leaves madison looks across the bar and sees discount bucky bards <laughs> oh my gosh yes is it, was it me that watching, said that when we were watching this yes. <laughs> and it was like that looks like sebastian stan and i was like what <laughs> it does 
looks a lot like him. It kind of does. It's like he is to Bucky Barnes what um, that one guy was in Simon Says to Elijah Wood. It's it's Sebastian Stan's evil twin. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. You can't tell me that guy didn't look like Elijah Wood, guys. He He looks just like Elijah Wood. I thought of it for years. (laughs) I've always thought he looked like Elijah Wood. Oh my god. So, um, alright. <laughs> um, so Madison, like, excuses herself, uh, and she goes out to her car, and she's clearly, like, pretty freaked out. Um, she hears some, like, sounds, but doesn't see anything. Um, gets in her car and drives away, and as she leaves, we see this man kind of, like, step out of the shadows, like, watching her drive off. Um... Oh, it must be a Thursday night, because it's the next morning at work. <laughs> um, so, but Ma- we, we cut to the next morning, and Madison has arrived at work. She's brewing a pot of coffee, um, and she notices some smeared blood on the door to Nate's office. And As walks do. in to find Nate um, very dead on his desk. <laughs> um... That's not a traumatizing sight. He's only mostly dead. <laughs> He's been mostly dead all day. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, we cut from here. Well, Madison does a great scream. Um, I don't remember this actress's name. I know I can't pronounce it, though. It's very long. Oh, no, it's Emmanuel. I've never seen that. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Her first name is Emmanuel. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I've never seen Emmanuel huh. for a woman, but yeah. it's it's spelled really pretty. E m m a n u e l l e. I think the e at the end is part of what makes it feminine. Um, but it's really pretty. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I'm not gonna try. <laughs> Too lazy. So, she has a great scream, though. Um, but we cut from here to the morgue, where Sam, in street clothes, the dude's wearing a hoodie, I'm pretty sure, uh, <laughs> is. is talking to, um, he's pretending to be a detective, investigating the death of Nate Mullins, uh, and talking to the I coroner. thought they looked a little informal for being <laughs> a detective. I know, I was like, a detective? <laughs> okay, Sam, are the suits the dry cleaners this week? <laughs> Did you leave them at the last laundromat? Like, what's going on? Um, (laughs) So, uh, the coroner's like, you know, I I don't know. I haven't completed my autopsy. I don't know what it is. And Sam's like, well, like, off the record. And she's like, okay, very off the record. If I didn't know any better, I would say he was killed by a a wolf. A werewolf. Uh, I almost said a werewolf. Um, she says a wolf, and then she's like, but my official report's gonna say pit bull. And I was like, no, don't oh. throw the pit bull under the bus. They didn't the do nothing. They're babies. Sam, in his hoodie, uh, <laughs> asks the coroner if Nate's heart was missing. She's like, how did you know? Because <laughs> um, he's really good at his job. <laughs> So, we cut to the motel, um, when the boys are discussing the case, uh, and we learn that this is the first male corpse, but over the past few months, several women have gone missing and turned up later in the bay with their hearts eaten. 
Um, and they were all sex workers working at uh, Hunter's Point, which I am now realizing is kind of an ironic name. <laughs> uh, considering Wait, they what? got... They worked at Hunter's... They were They worked at Hunter's Point, which I guess is like a little area. Seeing oh. as they they got turned into prey. It's it's very ironic. Um, but the cops haven't jumped to any official conclusion, but they're looking for a serial killer due to the fact that the murders all occurred during the weeks leading up to the full moon. Um, which the full moon is this week within the uh, timeline of the show. So Dean is very excited about this. Um, he's super psyched to hunt a werewolf. Apparently they haven't hunted one since they were kids. Um, and we learn from Dean that it takes a silver bullet to the heart to kill one. Um, and he's, he's so excited about this that Sam's like, yeah, and after we kill it, we can go to Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. Oh, Dean is very excited to kill a werewolf though, which is funny. A little too excited. Oh, he does kill a werewolf. I was going to say, he doesn't even get to kill a werewolf, but he does. He kills one and Sam kills the other. Um, (laughs) And it's sad. (laughs) It's sad. Okay, so cut to Madison's apartment. And I... I'm a little confused about this apartment. I guess it's like a residential, like a house that's been turned into apartments. Because every time the boys are outside, or maybe they're, like, across the street, we never see her apartment building. Because every time the boys are outside, though, they're, like, outside of, like, a suburban house, like a green suburban house. And I'm like, I don't know if apartments would fit in there. <laughs> it doesn't really work. Um, maybe they're across the, the street or something. There's at least <laughs> two different shots where we see it. Um, one, I think, here, when the boys arrived to talk to Madison for the first time, and one later when they're... Um, being very obvious <laughs> about keeping an eye on her. Um, so the boys arrive to question Madison about Nate. Um, and sh- they, they show up when her neighbor Glenn is there, but she basically kicks him out. <laughs> Politely, but she does. Um, and we learn that she was Nate's assistant. Um, she probably knew Nate better than he did, and she says he was he was generally a nice person, but he would hit on anyone within a five mile radius when drunk. So uh, Sam says he knows the type. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dean is very obviously being like, "She's hot," <laughs> and I mean he's right. But Dean, you're supposed to be, you're you're pretending to be a detective. Like, have some decorum, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so Dean asks I love it though because Dean's obviously like skeeving on her and then Sam says he knows the type and Dean's like I don't know about doing anything um, <laughs> Dean asks if Nate had any enemies and Madison's like well um, uh, my ex-boyfriend Kurt he thought that Nate and I were involved um, and he showed up at the office one time and got in a fight with Nate and punched him before security could grab him. Um, and then she tells him that Kurt, who is apparently discount Bucky Barnes, um... <laughs> he is. Do you, do you not think so? <laughs> no. Yeah, I do think he is. I think he looks <laughs> like him. I wrote down that Whoa. praise what for the... Do? I don't know what you did. Whoa. What'd you do? I, like, so, I, I hit some button, but now... It kind of worked out because I can see all three things on my screen. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I did, but it works. <laughs> oh, did you push the Windows button? Maybe that's what I hit. That's probably what you hit. Um, Sorry, that surprised me. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried you'd done something to Audacity, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so her boyfriend, Discount Bucky Barnes, uh, was at the bar the night before Nate, or the night that Nate died, um, just staring at her. Um <laughs> like, a like a creeper. F- fucking creep. Um and she tells the boys that Kurt scares her. Uh, fair enough. He Is that scares her neighbor me too. Guy? Her name his name's Kurt. Yeah, okay. It, it, I don't it remember any of their names. <laughs> sounds like a douchebag name. <laughs> so No offense if any of your names are Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry if we have a listener named Kurt. You just have a name that sounds like dick <laughs> um, so the boys leave um, and they agree that Kurt's probably the werewolf uh, and plan to go to his apartment um, so we got to later in the evening uh, Madison hears some something outside and when she looks out the window she sees Kurt um, and she like freaks out reasonably and when she looks back he's gone so um, I don't even remember what happens to Kurt. <laughs> Hopefully that. <laughs> I don't yeah, remember. me neither. <laughs> I don't remember. I guess we'll figure that out. <laughs> I remember. I've erased it from my mind. What's the one that Dean shoots? That's her neighbor guy. That's Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what happens to um, Kurt? I don't so know. Who is Kurt? Because I also just remembered that I don't remember what he does. Kurt's the ex-boyfriend. Is he a werewolf too? I don't think so, but they think he's He's just a weird stalker guy. Yeah, they think he's a werewolf, but actually he's just a creep. (laughs) Um, And a terrible boyfriend. So we cut to to Kurt's apartment, though, where the boys are breaking in, uh, and they find nothing. No clues. Um, He's very clearly like a bachelor pad. Um, We do get a glimpse of something watching them through, like, the curtains on the balcony. Um, while they're searching the the apartment, and then they hear like a screeching noise outside, like it's an awful sound, like metal being scraped, kind of very bad. Don't like it. Um, <laughs> Don't like that sound. Yeah, and um, Dean and... goes out to investigate, and then calls Sam out, and they find some scratch marks running down the concrete wall. Um, meanwhile, on the street down below, um, a police officer. It's like a beat cop is doing his little patrol. Um, I feel so bad for this dude. <laughs> he probably thought he found a stray dog. <laughs> no, he uh, didn't. Um, he did have a sort. <laughs> <laughs> a little kind of. That's not the kind he was he, expecting. This, this cop hears a sound down an alley behind some dumpsters. Um... When he goes to investigate, he's attacked by the werewolf. Um, and he does fire his gun, which the boys hear, uh, and they run out, only to find him already dead behind the dumpster. Um, all, like, torn up like Nate was. So. Um. Wait, who's Nate? He's the first guy that died. 
I forgot about him. <laughs> you already forgot about him? Oh my god, babe. I, I think I missed you. snippets of this because I was browsing Amazon at the time. Yes, <laughs> you were. This. Yes, indeed, you were. I was doing some last minute shopping while she watching. Was. <laughs> Did you even end up buying anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So, uh, Dean's like, well, this definitely had to have been Kurt. Um, they go back to Madison's apartment to check on her, and she tells them that she saw Kurt outside staring at her. And Dean's like, okay, well, one of us should stay here to be safe. Um, and obviously Dean wants to stay with the hot chick. Um... <laughs> Because and who doesn't? Sam's like, why do you always get to stay with the hot chick? That's not fair. And Dean's like, because I'm the older brother. Duh. Uh, and when Madison walks into the other room to get the address of Kurt's uh, work, um, the boys do a... Uh, <laughs> they decide to settle it the old-fashioned way with some good old rock, paper, scissors. And Dean always throws scissors. Always. Does he? <laughs> yeah. I think there's only been like two games of rock, paper, scissors over the seasons that Dean wins. <laughs> Every other time He's he He's got to switch scissors. it up sometimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Sam even says, Dean, always with the scissors. Um, Sam wins two out of three. <laughs> and tells Dean to bundle up. <laughs> So Dean leaves. Uh, we cut to kind of later in that day. Sam is sitting very awkwardly at the table, trying to think of anything to say, uh, I guess. Um, and Madison's like, do you want to come sit on the couch? And he's like, no, I'm good. Uh, and then this I've never quite understood. Like, I don't entirely get this move, but like, okay, I guess she's trying to flirt with him. I would never do this to flirt with a guy, but she dumps her dirty or her clean laundry. Yeah. It's not dirty. It's, it's clean. It's a little um, weird. Her clean laundry on the kitchen table in front of him and picks up a thong <laughs> and just starts folding her underwear. And Sam's like, I'll go sit on the couch. <laughs> I think she's purposely just trying to make him uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I think she is just trying to testing him out, like trying to see kind of what guy, what kind of guy he is. Yeah. Because I think Dean would have been like all over that, you know? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Dean's kind of, Dean's a little bit of an awkward bean sometimes. <laughs> he is. He don't got the best of social skills. <laughs> Um, so Sam moves to the couch, and this is where Dean calls and is like, let me guess. Um, are you just sitting on her couch? He says, I, oh, I wrote the quote down. He says, let me guess. You're sitting on her couch like a stiff trying to think of something to say. <laughs> because Dean knows his brother. Uh, probably a little too well. Um, Sam's like, fucking shut up. <laughs> um, we learned from Dean that... Um, gosh, he's got a, like a hunch he knows where Kurt might be. I think Kurt's not at the auto body shop. Um, but Dean's kind of got a plan. So, in the meanwhile, Madison has finished folding her laundry uh, and joined Sam on the couch, and she wants to watch her show. Um, Just like a soap opera or something? I think so. Um, the Super Wiki, which I don't have open. Why don't I have that open? I usually would have that. 
Okay. Doot 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 doot. The Super Wiki trivia um, says that Sam and Madison watched the soap opera All My Children, which I'm not familiar oh, with. Let's see. I've heard of that, but I have never Clicking seen it. Clicking on it. All My Children, often shortened to AMC, is an American television soap opera that aired uh, on ABC from January 5th, 1970, good lord, to oh, wow. September 23rd, 2011. What? And on the online network from April 29th to September 2nd, 2013, quite, via Hulu. Quite um, the runtime, holy cow. <laughs> yeah. I find that soap operas often have really long runs like that. Like Yeah, they do. How long did Days of Our Lives run? Jensen was on that for a while. They, like, just recast the characters. Days of Our Lives has 57 seasons. Oh, my gosh. Holy shit. And it, I think it's still running. Um, cause it There's says another for, long one, too, like, with the... There's, like, a hospital one. What was it called? Um, I forgot. Which, which one? Because I know there's... General Hospital? There's Grey's Anatomy? I don't know. Um, So, according to Wikipedia, All My Children is set in Pine Valley, Pennsylvania, a fictional suburb of Philadelphia, which is modeled on the actual Philadelphia suburb of Rosemont. The original series... Uh, oh, here we go. The title of the series refers to the bonds of humanity. All My Children is the first net, first new network daytime drama to debut in the 1970s. Huh. Huh. Interesting. Quite many decades. I just kind of want to find a... Um... Give me a... Give me a log line. I don't... <laughs> Tell me what the show is about. I don't know. It's not not helping. It's a soap opera. <laughs> it's about a million different things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Depending on the season. Okay. Um, so that, according to the Super Wiki, that's what they're watching. Um, Sam gets very into it. <laughs> very. <laughs> um, so Sam and Madison are kind of bonding, I guess. Um, I love that he just sits back and he's like, wait, so Kendall <laughs> married Ethan's father just to get back at him? And Madison's like, yep, now she's set to inherit all the casinos that were supposed to go to Ethan. And then Sam just goes, what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I think Meg rubbed off on him a little bit. <laughs> um, I have a head cannon that Sam sometimes encounters or seeks out like reruns or episodes of this show and thinks about Madison oh. like remembers her like in her in her honor uh, <laughs> but they they have been, been enjoying their daytime television um the they kind of start to talk a little bit now um and Sam tells Madison that like she's um she's really like unique um, in his eyes, she's smart and she's independent. Um, like she clearly knows what she wants out of life, you know. Yeah. And he's like, "How does somebody like that end up with a douchebag like Kurt?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says that she's not really sure, but she felt like too 
insecure to leave Kurt. Um, however, she got mugged. Uh, <laughs> and she says that her life has gotten better since. And Sam is like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and she explains to him that being, like, getting mugged prompted her to take control of her life. Uh, and she was finally able to say goodbye to Kurt. Um, and everything's been kind of pretty great since. Um, this is where Sam says he finds her unusually impressive. He is such a dork. Oh my god, he's so awkward this whole time. It's adorable, but also a little painful. <laughs> and this is where Dean calls, because Dean has that perfect big, big brother timing. Um, absolutely flawless. Uh, and he's found Kurt. Um, and he's definitely got his eyes glued. <laughs> we cut to Dean, and he is front row at a strip club, <laughs> passing a dancer a bill. <laughs> it's so good. He's like, yep. Yep, my eyes are glued. <laughs> Dean. Uh, he also only gives her a $1 bill. Like, I've never been to a strip club, but that feels like a kind of crappy tip to me. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, he's probably given out multiple. Oh, I remember what happens night. to Kurt. Because what happens to Kurt comes next. Because we cut to later in the evening. Um, oh, yeah. Madison turns in. <laughs> you remember? Madison turns in for the night, and Sam is sitting on the couch like a fucking nerd <laughs> just keeping an eye on her when she, while she sleeps uh, I think he does end up watching TV at later because we cut to kind of later Madison's still asleep and he's watching TV uh, meanwhile Dean is standing outside Kurt's apartment building bored out of his mind when the apartment of or the, the window of Kurt's apartment shatters but it shatters inward like something hit it from the outside um, Dean runs upstairs to find Werewolf Madison mm -hmm. uh, crouched over Kurt's very dead body. I totally forgot she kills him. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't blame her, but I forgot. Um, she and Dean kind of grapple and he manages to catch her with a silver with the, the blade of his silver knife before she knocks him unconscious and escapes out the window. Uh, we cut to the next morning. It must have been late at night because Either, uh, that or Dean was out for like six hours <laughs> um, Dean phones Sam and Sam's so confused because like Madison's still asleep in bed he never um, heard her leave <laughs> yeah he never heard her leave um, and he goes to the door of Madison's room and Madison who we definitely saw go to bed in PJs last night is now naked <laughs> she's like where are my pajamas which is a really good question because I'm pretty sure she was fully clothed when Dean saw her yeah, where did like, she? Where the fuck did her clothes where, go? When did what she was, lose her clothes? <laughs> what was the point of that? <laughs> What's the point of her losing her clothes? <laughs> she even when she goes out later, she puts clothes on. I'm pretty sure. Like. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't get it. Um. But Dean. Dean's like, well, I nicked her with a silver knife. It there should be a mark on her arm. Um, and Sam sees it and is like, holy fucking shit, she's the werewolf. Um, he locks the front door. Madison's, like, walking around with a sheet wrapped around her because her clothes are missing. Um, and, but Sam bolts the front door and says that they are not going anywhere. Um, we cut to a bit later. Sam has tied Madison to a chair and she is hysterical for good reason. Um, Just a she thinks Sam's out. a cop. Sam thinks she's a werewolf. Madison thinks werewolves don't exist, so therefore Sam is psychotic. 
<laughs> she says that Sam needs help um, and begs him to do something he's he won't not to do something he he'll regret. Um, and Dean shows up, and Sam pulls him into the kitchen and is like, "Look, like I believe you that Madison's the werewolf, but I don't think she knows. Like she does, she's not aware of it. She, like the the werewolf mind takes over when she transforms, and her human mind has no memory of it." Yeah. Um, and Dean's like, Dean says, like, a really hot, incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> there are some people out there who I know would probably say that the Incredible Hulk is hot as he is, but <laughs> fair <laughs> enough, Dean. <laughs> um, there's also She-Hulk for the gays. Mm-hmm. She is um, very hot. She is. Um, what's the name of the actress who's playing her in the new series? I guess. Is it the same oh, girl remember. that's playing, uh, Ah- Ahsoka? Is that the same lady? No, I don't think so. I thought maybe it was. But I don't know. She-Hulk Disney Plus cast. It's Tatiana Maslany? Okay, no. That's a different person. <laughs> I think that's how you say her last name? She's fucking stunning, though. Oh my god. Hello. She's hot. I'm I'm excited. You gotta share it share it with me. I can't see. <laughs> Hang on, let me I'll send you a pic. Uh... Wanna see the hot lady? <laughs> Hang on. I'm doing the thing. Let me do it. There you go. Oh hello. She's really pretty. She is very pretty. Um okay. So getting back into the episode, Dean's like, well, regardless of whether Madison knows that she's a werewolf or can control being a werewolf or anything, like, she's still a werewolf. (laughs) She still killed a dude. Um, She still killed two dudes, actually. (laughs) She doesn't know about the first one. (laughs) Yeah. Um, She doesn't know about either of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So Dean asks... Uh, if Sam feels sorry for Madison and Sam's like, no, like, I understand her. Um, and this is, I have seen, like, some people say that, like, they don't understand, like, the connection between Sam and Madison, but I think this is a key part of it, is that Sam understands having something, like, dark inside of you that you don't understand and you can't really control and you had no say in. Yeah. That, like, happened to you without your consent, without your knowledge, you know? But Sam, like, th- that's one of, like, the key things that I, Sam connects to with Madison on, even if they don't really talk about it, is that he understands the way she might feel about having this, like, monster inside of her and this potential for evil, even if she herself is not. A bad person mm-hmm. at all. In fact, Madison seems like a really sweet, like smart, kind person. You know. Yeah. Um, which is just like Sam. <laughs> um, Sam has some information from John's journal, and he thinks that if they kill the werewolf that turned Madison, they might be able to save her. Apparently, this is like a theory that John had that if you like kill the sire werewolf, it like unturns <laughs> fixes all the werewolves that it's created um <laughs> yeah 
Dean is skeptical and he's like, well, she could have been been bitten at any time. Like the deaths have been going on for months. Like how, how do we know that she was even bitten in this city? Um, but Sam is making little connections up in his big brain. Uh, and he goes to ask Madison when she got mugged. Uh, and she says it was about a month ago. Uh, and he's, she was walking home near Hunter's Point, which is the hunting grounds for the known werewolf who's been killing sex workers. She was attacked and, um, the guy bit her on the back of her neck. <laughs> so she's only turned this one full moon. <laughs> she didn't turn last time. If she does, she doesn't remember it. If she does, she didn't kill anybody, at least. Um, so Sam... Sam's like, well, we think that if we kill the werewolf that bit you, we might be able to save you. Um, and, like, not have to, you know, kill her. Um, and he's like, look, I'll stay with Madison. Dean's gonna go after the werewolf. And if Madison gets loose, I'll shoot her. Um, but Sam really needs to see if there's a chance at saving her. And I think this is a little bit of Sam clinging to a chance at saving himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so, Because, like, the thing that they have in John's journal is, like, kind of vague, not tested, don't know if it works. And we find out from Bobby later that, like, there's no cure for a werewolf. It doesn't. Sorry. There's no cure. Um, but Sam needs that little bit of hope. Because, like, he really likes Madison. Like, he already really liked her. Like, he, he thought she was really cool and, you know... Mm -hmm. And now he's, like, connected with her. He's connecting with her emotionally, too. And yeah. he needs to know that there's a way to save her. Um, so Sam tells her, like, she's, she's like, you know, just let me go. She He says that he's trying to help and that the, the odds aren't really that great. But if it goes the way it hopes he does, he'll untie her and leave. And she can forget that all of this ever happened. And then he's... Oh, he tells her, um, I'll just be a bad memory. And I totally forgot about that line from the last time I watched the episode. It's like this most recent time. And it just breaks my heart. <laughs> the way he uh, says Knowing it where this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like he genuinely really likes her and he really hates that this is the situation they're in. Oh my God. But also knowing where this episode goes. Ugh. I know. Oh, it's so this episode is so fucking sad. Very sad episode. <laughs> it's written by Sarah Gamble. She fucking knows how to pull your heartstrings. So, cut to Hunter's Point, where we see a, a blonde woman um, walking down a street. She hears a howl, uh, and she starts running. And meanwhile, back at the apartment, Madison is turned into a werewolf, uh, and she gets loose from her chair. We like cut, kind of cut back and forth here. Because the blonde woman's still running, Sam and Madison kind of wrestle, and instead of shooting her, because Sam is still hoping that he can save her, that there's, like, a chance, um, she, he locks her in the closet. Um, and the werewolf attacks the blonde woman, but Dean arrives just in time, um, and fires three rounds into the werewolf's heart. Um, the woman gets up and runs away. <laughs> first she got attacked by a, like, snarly, growly dude with big teeth, and now that guy just got shot. Like, I'd get out of there, too. Like, goodbye. Doesn't Dean yell, like, you're welcome or something? She runs <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Um, and Dean realizes that the werewolf is Glenn, 
Madison's neighbor, um, who we've actually kind of, like, glimpsed once more since the first introduction to him. It's very clear that, like, he's got a crush on Madison. And it's very protective of her. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Like, he he plays kind of sweet, but there's a little bit of a, like, it's like it's a little bit weird. Um... So we cut to the morning, um, and Sam opens the closet door, and Madison's just laying on the floor, and he tells her that it should be over, and that she will never see him again. Um, and Madison looks around herself at the, the scratch marks all over the closet walls, and realizes that they were telling the truth, and when she turns to look back at Sam, he is gone. Because he is stealthy. (laughs) Also, you'll never see me again doesn't last very long. No, it like doesn't. Like at all. <laughs> it really doesn't. Because <laughs> we cut the, the boys sitting outside Madison's apartment. And then she, like, waiting. goes out to them. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Dean tells Sam that he, um, he was right, that Glenn had no idea what was going on. Um there is a moment like right before Glenn dies where he's like human and is like what the fuck just like what the fuck like yeah he's asking for help and yeah yeah sad it's really really sad um and they wonder they kind of ponder why Glenn turned Madison specifically and come to like the conclusion that his werewolf side was like working with the human side's crush on Madison uh Something along those lines, like, make her a part of good pack potential. Of yeah, part of the pack. Yeah, that's a that's a good way of putting it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and this is when Madison arrives. <laughs> um, and it's like, you guys are, you guys really fucking suck at the being sneaky thing. Your car is very conspicuous. What the fuck do you think you're doing? They're uh, just, Dean like, tells- sitting obviously in front of her apartment yeah. broad daylight. Yeah. in the biggest car known to man the car's like 18 feet long oh my god it is the opposite of stealthy (laughs) when they like follow people in that car and i'm like dude you can hear that engine a mile away like it's not a a little less conspicuous if you need to be top secret um but dean's like well we're pretty sure you're not gonna turn tonight but we have to be a hundred percent sure and madison's like well if you're gonna have, like, if you're gonna be waiting here, you might as well, like, come inside. Um, and she asks when they will know for sure, and Sam's like, well, we won't really know, we'll have to wait until sunrise. Um, so, like, we get the evening slowly passing as, like, the sun is setting. We get this really, like, gorgeous and, like, terrifying shot of Dean, like, He's got got his gun in his lap, but you can't see it, and you just see him move the gun and, like, set it on the table next to him with, like, the sunset coming through the windows. Oh, my God. It's gorgeous and, like, (laughs) really scary. It's one of those scenes that makes me go, these guys are murderers. (laughs) (laughs) In the eyes of monsters, Sam and Dean are the boogeymen, you know? Yeah. They're They're the thing that... Parent, you no, know, mom and dad monsters tell baby monsters about at night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't have too much of a pattern, or Sam and Dean will get you. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of stuff. Um, 
But sunrise arrives, and Madison has not turned into a werewolf. Uh, and we don't really get an explanation for this. Dean theorizes yeah. later that it's because she wasn't asleep, that she was only she would only turn in her sleep. But that doesn't entirely fit werewolf lore. Speaking of werewolf lore, should we get into werewolf lore? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Before we get into the sex scene? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're going to have thoughts about that. I do have some thoughts. <laughs> like the fact that it literally takes like all day. Okay, so according to the super wiki, and of course... All of our lore links will be in the lore links. <laughs> They'll be in the show notes. Um, so according to the super wiki, werewolves are humans that transform into wolf-like creatures under the influence of a full moon. Um, and the curse is transferred by a bite. When they're in wolf form, they appear human except for their yellow eyes, fangs, and claws, and they use their superior abilities and enhanced sen- senses to hunt humans and eat their hearts. They may not remember transforming or any of the details of what they've done as a werewolf once they return to human form, but it seems that whatever subconscious desires or fears they feel as human translate into action when they are werewolves, which is why Madison kills Nate and Kurt is because especially Kurt was like, she was afraid of him. Um, and why Glenn kill or turns Madison. So their powers include enhanced senses an infectious bite um, regeneration. They're typically able to heal most wounds, but if it's like a silver wound, they can't heal that. And superhuman strength and their weaknesses include silver. So silver in basically any form, because the boys do use silver in a couple different forms later in the show, but for now it's just silver bullets and knives. Oh, what's, did you find any interesting lore, my love? I know you did some digging. That is not the right button. Yeah, once again, I went to Wikipedia. <laughs> Yay, Wikipedia! <laughs> uh, yeah, and I took a few notes I could go over. Yeah. Uh, so in folklore, a werewolf um, is a human with the ability to shapeshift into a wolf or a wolf-like creature, either purposely or after being placed under a curse or affliction, like a bite or scratch from another werewolf. Um, with the transformations occurring on the night of a full moon, uh, early sor- sources for belief in this ability or affliction called lycanthropy um, are Petronius and Gervais of Tilbury. Um, the beliefs classed together under, under lycanthropy are far from uniform, and the term is somewhat capriciously applied. Uh, the transformation may be temporary or permanently. Um, hmm. I don't think I really have heard about permanent ones. I think temporary yeah. transformations are much more common in pop culture because you get like the yeah. human turns into the monster and back again kind of thing. Yeah, I haven't it's heard much of more a, dramatic. Ha- haven't heard of a permanent one. Yeah. Um, it says the were animal may be the man himself metamorph metamorphosed. Uh, maybe his double, whose activity leaves the real man to all appearance unchanged. Maybe his soul, which goes forth seeking whatever it may devour, leaving its body in a state of trance. Um, like a like an astral projection. Yeah, interesting. I don't think I've ever. Heard, that's another like type of werewolf I'm not familiar with. <laughs> yeah. Or it may be no more than the messenger of the human being, a real animal or a familiar spirit, whose intimate connection Mm. with its owner is shown by the fact that any injury 
to a disbelieved um, to cause a corresponding injury to the human being. So interesting. Hmm. I didn't know about that one. Uh, various methods for becoming a werewolf have been reported, one of the simplest being the removal of clothing and putting on a belt made of wolf skin, probably as a substitute for the assumption of an entire animal skin. Um, in other cases, the body is rubbed with magic salve, drinking rainwater out of the footprint of the animal in question, or from certain enchanted streams were considered effectual modes of accomplishing metamorphosis. Interesting. Hmm. Um, and these are just kind of based on different myths from different cultures. Yeah, uh, lots of different cultures have a werewolf lore. Yeah, a lot of them do, yeah. It's always really interesting to kind of see what, like, what myths permeate despite, like, you know, like, like two cultures may cultures never have interacted, yeah. but they might have a similar story. Like, that yeah, sort of stuff really has always been really interesting. Yeah, you wonder why that, yeah. it's like, like what? prevalent in all these cultures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's like so many cultures have a, a vampire. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, there's so a Swedish writer that says... That the Livonian werewolves are initiated by draining a cup of specially prepared beer and repeating a set formula. Uh, Ralston, in his songs of the Russian people, gives the form of incantation still familiar in Russia. In Italy, France, and Germany, it was said that a man or woman could turn into a werewolf if he or she, on a certain Wednesday or Friday, slept outside on a summer night with the full moon shining directly on his or her face. So, hmm. interesting. Interesting. Every culture did, has a little bit different idea of what I used a, a werewolf variant for a fic for um, SBN November. It's called a wolver. Um, and oh. it's much more of like a wolf, like a man-wolf hybrid kind of. Like it doesn't transform. It's kind of like a man with the head of a wolf and like patchy fur and I think a tail and stuff. Uh-huh. Um but they're considered to be like friendly, like they help lost travelers and huh. things. I think they're. I think they're Scottish. Yeah, they're Scottish. Um. Yeah, it's interesting the, how the Scottish each culture wolver... is slightly different with like how werewolves manifest and how they change into werewolves and. Mm-hmm. So the Scottish Wolver was a kind-hearted and generous soul known to help some of the most unfortunate people. So the Wolver took the form of a man with a wolf's head, taking on the needy by leaving fish on the windowsills of poorer families. The Wolver was spotted on a regular basis around Shetland up until the start of the 20th century. Oh, um, covered in a, cool. a layer of thick brown hair, unlike the actual werewolf, the wolver was never human in the first place. In fact, ancient Celts believed that the wolver actually evolved from wolves. It was said to be symbolic of the in-between stage of man and wolf. Um, although oh. there isn't much official documentation on the elusive creature, the last reported sighting being in the early 20th century, the wolver was said to live alone in a cave on Shetland and enjoy a peaceful life. 
Yeah. Uh, unlike other cool. werewolves, often painted as ferocious and daring, the Scottish wolver was considered kind and often helped lost travelers by guiding them to nearby towns and villages. Families that were poor and starving might find that the wolver had left a supply of fish on their windowsill. The same kindness was shown to households with a sick family member, and the wolver has been sitting mournfully outside has been seen sitting mournfully outside the home of a terminally ill person. Yeah, some There's accounts a say. Werewolf. Yeah, some accounts say the wolver is an, immo- an immortal spirit. None have been reported more than for more than 100 years. So I'll include the link to this page. This is actually the page that I used as a resource when writing my fic. So, but... Oh, yeah. That's cool. I love, I love it, though. And there's all these different variations and stuff. Very, very yeah. interesting. Um, it's very interesting to think of, like, where these origins of myths come from. Yeah. Because, you know with myths especially that are prevalent in so many different cultures there's got to mm-hmm. be some truth somewhere you know mm-hmm. so it's really interesting like i wonder if like the wolver was like a hermit that lived in the woods and like mm-hmm. wore animal pelts but like wanted yeah. to help people or something like that you know or maybe it really did exist like i don't yeah. know who knows um <laughs> Getting back into the episode. <laughs> so, um, Madison has not turned, um, and she is very grateful and gives Sam a very long hug, which prompts Dean to be like, goodbye. <laughs> His little fist bump as he leaves. Madison's like, is he always like this? <laughs> yes. A gigantic dork? Yes. yes. Um, so Sam and Madison kind of talk, and Sam's like, well, there's no way we can go back to to before. And Madison's like, yeah, you're right. And then she kisses him. And they, this is this scene. I love this scene. <laughs> I love this scene. I know sex scenes, like filming them in real life, are actually like extremely awkward. Um, I can't imagine. <laughs> Jensen's talked about it at a convention, actually. The video came up on my For You page recently um, about how, like, because, like, the guy's, like, barely clothed and the girl's barely clothed and, like, at least for Jensen, he's like, let's make sure she's comfortable and I'm sure Jared's the same way. Um, I've never heard a single co-star, co-worker, co-producer anybody who's ever worked with Jared say a single mean thing about him. It's so, like, I'm sure he's just as, like, uh, make sure she's comfortable as Jensen is, but, like, it's very awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Sam and Madison have some very acrobatic sex. Um, a former friend of mine, I think I'd still call her a friend, we don't really talk that much anymore, but she once described this as the scene that made her go, that is a man. <laughs> And it's not like having sex makes someone like a man, you know? It's something like up to this point, Sam is like sweet little baby, you know? And then you get to see him throw Madison all over a room uh, <laughs> for like a whole day. <laughs> You're like, holy shit. <laughs> that, that, that's a man right there. Like, because they get all those close-ups on, like, his shoulders and his biceps and the, like, all the- it's- it's intense. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Haley's like, let this stop. <laughs> I like to see. 
but yeah, the timelines on this show are fucking wonky though, because Sam wakes like at night. So did I, they must have fallen asleep and napped for a while. But Sam Sam wakes to find Madison fully dressed now, I do believe, standing by the window as a werewolf. Um, and he tries to grab her, but she dives out the window. And Sam books it back to the motel. I'm guessing Dean wasn't answering his phone, probably because it's, you know, the middle of the night. Also, why did she get dressed in werewolf for? <laughs> I don't know. That's when the, last she time was... she took off her clothes. Yeah. werewolf form so i'm con- <laughs> i don't even know oh well um so sam books it back to the motel and gets dean uh, and tells him that madison turned again and sam's like well that's okay we'll find her uh and outside the motel sam says that he's contacted bobby and everyone they know and nobody knows a cure for madison um and this is where the dean's like well, why didn't she turn when we were with her maybe she has to be asleep to turn Sam's like, no, we have to find a way to save her. Um, and Dean's like, look, I know you feel sorry for her, but she's a fucking werewolf. <laughs> um, and Dean's like, or Sam's like, yeah, I'm supposed to be evil too. You're gonna save me, but you'll just kill her? Like, yeah. hello? Good question. <laughs> Do <you> not see? <laughs> um... Sam has a very good point here. And this is more, Sam is seeing himself in Madison. Um, he's projecting onto her. Because Sam, he knows, he at least he thinks he knows what she is going through. You know, and he's determined that if he can find a way to save Madison, then he can find a way to save himself, kind of, I think. Um, but right on time, his phone rings, and it's Madison. She is at a phone booth. She doesn't know where she is. <laughs> um, she tells the boys the intersection she's at, and they go to pick her up and take her back to the apartment. Um, and back at the apartment, Madison, who I had realized in this scene is actually wearing Sam's shirt. Um, it's gigantic on her, because <laughs> Sam is a giant. Uh, I think... Emmanuel's probably like five four, you know, but average height for an American woman. But she looks fucking minuscule <laughs> next to him, <laughs> especially in his gigantic shirt. Um, but she tells the boys that she doesn't remember anything, and she she doesn't know. She well, she asks if she killed anyone, and they're like, you know, we haven't heard anything yet. Um, and she's like, well, is there anything else we can try? And Sam's like, we'll just keep looking, but Dean cuts in and is like, no. We've called everyone we know. There is no cure. Um, He's like, well, we could lock you up at night, but that's not going to be, like, that's not going to work forever. There's bound to be a night when you break out. Um, Like, it's not a fail-safe solution. (laughs) Um, And I fucking, this scene is so sad. This episode makes me sad. Because I like and- Madison. It breaks my heart. <laughs> oh my god. This episode's called Heart partially because werewolves eat them and also because it drives like ten knives into yours. <laughs> it gets me every time. Because um, Madison picks up the gun and asks Sam to kill her. And he she tells, um, she tells him that she doesn't want to die 
but she doesn't want to hurt anyone, especially Sam. Uh, she needs him to help her. Uh, she says, you know, I'm a monster, and he says that you don't have to be, which is more of this Sam believes in the, like, that people have a choice in what they are, you know? Like, with yeah. um, the episode with the vegan vampires. <laughs> Sounds vegan funny to vampires. say. But <laughs> vegetarian vampires? I don't know. The vampires that don't feed off humans. Like, they chose... Yeah. They chose to not be you know, monsters. Sam believes that they're, like, they can't choose not to be a supernatural creature, but they can choose not to do evil. Um, mm-hmm. And he really wants that for Madison, but Madison is like, no, this there's, there's no other option. Like, if I can't be human, like, I know I'll hurt somebody. I don't want to hurt anybody. Uh, and she, she doesn't want um, to die, but she can't live like this. Uh, and she says that this is how Sam can save her. Uh, and Dean steps in and takes the gun from Madison. Uh, and Sam walks like into the kitchen, uh, and Dean follows. Um, and Sam is like full on crying. <laughs> Dean's like, "You know, I can do this," but Sam's like, "No, she asked me to. This is the only way I can save her." Um, and he takes the gun from Dean and tells Dean to wait in the other room. Um, he like glances back at Dean in tears as he walks out of the kitchen and Dean just stares. I, this, the end of this episode, it's so fucking perfect. The way Dean, we just see Dean, we get a slow, slow pish in on Sam's or on Dean's face as he just stares straight ahead at where Sam was standing moments before. Um, and then we just hear the gunshot and it's, oh my God so sad oh and over over this we get silent lucidity by queensreich is i think how you pronounce that band name and it just makes it even sadder (laughs) i fucking love this episode but god it just tears my heart out it's so good and it's so sad it's so sad (laughs) oh but i really This is just more of Sam being like, I have to help other people, because if I can help them, then maybe I can be helped too. Like, if there's hope for a werewolf, maybe there's hope for a, you know, psychic kid that's, that an evil demon has plans for, you know? Yeah. Like, if, if Madison could make a choice and be saved, like, maybe Sam could be saved too. And so, Sam having to be the one to take the shot in the end like how it hurts and we don't really do we don't get any much of the aftermath i don't think because next week we go right into hollywood babylon we don't really linger on this episode for very long there was probably more time passing in between yeah i would think so because damn that'll fuck you up (laughs) yeah you need some recovery time after that one yeah oh yeah god i love this episode it's so fucking good (laughs) this is an excellent episode did you have anything that i forgot babe i don't think so no i think that's all we have for this week fucking love this episode it's such a good episode and next week we have two more great episodes because we are covering hollywood babylon and Folsom prison blues 
Oh, those are both so good. I'm psyched. They are very good episodes. Uh, are we going to actually do a two-parter this time? Yes, please. <laughs> please. <laughs> In the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those fun places. Uh, also, if you haven't already, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. It really helps the algorithm. It helps more people find us. And if you can, tell your fellow Supernatural fans about us. If you would like to reach out, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TalkAboutSamPod, on Instagram at we need to talk about Sam Podcast, and on Tumblr and TikTok at we need to talk about Sam. I'm Little Red Who Could on Twitter and the Little Red Who Could on Tumblr. And Haley, my love, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at lifeflowson3. Hey, look, I have it memorized this time. <laughs> yeah, I was just say she doesn't have the notes to go off of. <laughs> <laughs> and Tumblr at hfthoughts-blog. Good job. Thank you guys again so much for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Uh, now I am. You are? Okay. So hopefully these are lined up. Do I need to keep, um, like looking at it or can I just run it in the background? It should be able to just run in the background. Um, I like to have it open on the side so that I can just keep an eye on it. Um, you know how I always do where I've got my notes open on one side and my, and then audition on the other. I used uh-huh. to do the same thing with Audacity when that was our primary recorder. So, you all set up?
Yep. Yee. Hi, my love. Hi. This is weird. But I'm glad we got this figured out. Separately. Yeah, but I'm glad we're finally getting this figured out because I think it'll be very useful. You have a floof. Are we gonna have Chloe interruptions? Hi, floof. Hi. <laughs> she doesn't give a fuck. She can't hear you anyway. <laughs> no, she can't hear me. She can't smell me. I don't exist. Oops. Just skipped a step. Here, she's waving at you. Hi, floof. <laughs> oh my gosh, she's so cute. She's so floofy. You finally got a haircut next. Yay! <laughs> Just in time She's for so January. <laughs> a new a new year, a new puppy. Huh. She's so cute. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, she doesn't know what dog. the fuck's going on. I just woke her up. Aww, <laughs> poor baby. She's a sleepyhead. more games with you babe yeah i got an email from steam that journey is on sale Ooh, for see how much? what else is on sale i haven't looked i just i've saw been getting email. emails about some steam games too yeah. it's like they're having a big holiday sale right now it's on sale till the fifth so we've got like okay 11 days year. yeah which is good because i'm poor <laughs> Um, Gris was on sale for a hot minute and I snatched that one right up. I probably should have waited, but I wanted it. Um, and I know Journey is on sale. I'm not sure what else. Or like how much they're on sale for. Yeah, but it was specifically like Journey and five other things on my wish list or something like that was what the email said. I'm waiting Uh for Steam to open. It's being very slow. Steam is always really slow to open. It's got like three windows that it wants me to see, and I'm like, Steam, chill. <laughs> I don't need the news. Yeah, winter sale till January 5th. Um, let me see. Wish list. Let's see, what on my wish list is on sale? Journey is 50% off. Flower is 70% off. Lake is 20% off. Um, what's, what's Lake? That's the one where you move to the like the small town and drive a mail truck. Oh, I wanted that one. Yeah. How much yeah. is that? It's currently on sale for $16. Okay. It's what's usually it 20 Usually okay. 20 So, so like $4 off. Not a huge discount, but it is kind of a newer game. Like it was only released in September. Oh, okay. So, but Journey's yeah, on sale for half off. I, I might try. have to go for that. I really love Journey. 
We haven't podcasted since we played Journey. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was such a cool Journey game. Journey is such a gorgeous game. If any of you guys It's a short game, but gaming, it's a fun game. Yeah, I think it took us like two and a half hours at most. Um, and that was only because we like our, the game crashed at one point. <laughs> um, but yeah, it did. But Journey, Journey's actually a BAFTA winner. Um, is it really? Yeah. I think for the soundtrack. Soundtrack is so gorgeous. Oh. Is it by the same people who made Flower? Oh. Oh, I could get them together for nine bucks. What, Ooh, that's flower? tempting. Flower is a game um, where you play as the wind, uh, exploring oh. an environment. So, and that's been on my wish list for a little while because it was suggested in by a TikToker I follow. Um, but Journey is so gorgeous. You, it's like it's a single player game, but it's multiplayer online. So like, if you're connected to the internet and like signed in on like your Steam account or your PlayStation account, um, Haley and I played it on PlayStation. It will randomly pair you with another player. Um, yeah. And you can cool. play together um, and like help each other and stuff uh, and like get through tasks together and things like that. I read somewhere that actually, I think it was in one of the reviews, that they actually pair you with somebody every round. So it's just a matter of whether you find each other. Oh, really? Um, so we only found another person twice I think once was not long before the game crashed or no yeah I think it was only once actually it was after the game crashed I don't remember encountering anybody else Um, but you play as this anonymous little red hero who appears in this desert this huge desert landscape um, and you go exploring these ruins and you like encounter these mm-hmm. like interesting creatures along the way and like the primary like mechanisms of the game like there's no fighting it's just like running and jumping and sliding um, but and it's absolutely gorgeous with like there's I like really a little little story that unravels as you play through it but yeah it's really short it's a very short game but i think it's really replayable um mm. especially like with the whole encountering other players thing you know you can kind of help each other on the way and yeah exactly so it's a really cute pretty story there's part there's like a whole sequence that looks like it's like underwater yeah it's the really artwork neat. is gorgeous. It's, it's absolutely just, stunning. It's it's really cool. I yeah. Highly... So yeah, that's a, that's the most recent game we've played. Um, I also I have bought um, Firewatch, which is a game we've played in the past and know we love. Yes. Um, I bought it for PC because we played it on PlayStation, but I really wanted it for PC too. And it was on sale. Also another gorgeous <laughs> artwork game. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. Firewatch is a beautiful game where you play as um, a guy who, whose wife 
um, is in a assisted living facility with Alzheimer's, and so he goes, he decides to, to, like, get away from it all to be a, like, firewatch tower operator. Um, and so you play as him, and you're alone in the woods, and, like, your only contact with the outside world is another firewatch tower. Mm-hmm. Um, her name's Delilah, right? Through the radio. Right? Yeah. yeah, through the radio. Yeah. And so, but you're, like, unraveling this mystery slowly, and it's, it's, oh my gosh, the artwork is absolutely stunning. You, so, it's kind of based off of the old uh, National Parks. Poster art, yeah. Poster art. The whole game just, like, looks like that with the, co- the colors and the environment. Oh my gosh, it's environment. so beautiful. It's so pretty. <laughs> it's so freaking pretty. <laughs> it's definitely one of the, that one and Red Dead are two of the prettiest games I've seen. Red Dead. Um, Red Dead 2. Haley loves that one. I like watching Haley play that one. I don't know if I'd ever actually be interested in playing it myself, but watching Haley really? play is always a good time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not really very good at those kinds of games. I kind of get really frustrated with them. Um, but I enjoy watching other people play them, you know? Hands down, so, one of my all-time favorite games ever. Red Dead it's so too. good. <laughs> story the the graphics the oh, gameplay it, everything the characters so, so good pretty. also the really writing the, the music the horse like animation uh-huh. is really good like definitely one of the best ones i've seen in a game so good the so, open world concept it's just great yeah it's a great game i like i like watching Haley play red dead <laughs> um i also recently i picked up gris which is a like short game where you play as a girl like going through something difficult. Um, and I guess it's like puzzles and stuff that you solve. I haven't been able to play it yet. I haven't really had a chance. Um, but I'm excited to play that. And then I also picked up The Secret Life of Edith Finch. I That one I think I got during the... That one in Firewatch I got during the Black Friday sale. Or was it Cyber Monday? I think it was Cyber Monday. Um... And that one you play as, like, the last remaining member of this family. And you're, like, exploring the old estate. Like, uncovering the mystery of, like, what happened to everybody. You know? So, and that Mm -hmm. one I'm also very excited to play, but I haven't had a chance to. But if you guys have any other, like, games that you think we would enjoy, like, feel free to recommend something. Because we're always down to try something new. Especially if it's one that we play together, too. Yeah. Yeah. I have... Jay has recommended... Um, gosh, what's it called? I know... I thought I put it in my wish list, but maybe I didn't. It's a co-op one. Um, I have Pico Park in my wish list. That's like a group one right here. Like, have to work together. What is it called? Kiwi is a co-op one. Where you're, you play as these little Kiwi characters, I think in a mail room, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, Kiwi is a cute cooperative postal puzzler starring Jeff and Deborah, two small Kiwi birds working in a whimsical post office. Oh. <laughs> they must jump, flap, peck, and butt slam their way across an interactive landscape of levers, bells, and buttons to get those messages delivered butt on slam. time. <laughs> yeah. Um... Gosh, what's the other co-op? It Takes Two. That's the other one that I have, that Jay has recommended. 
that I have seen. I thought I had it on my wish list. Um, I've seen recommended a few times, but that's a cute co-op one where you, um, you play as a couple who get turned into dolls. They're like on the verge of divorce and their son like wishes that they could fix it or something. And as a result, I don't understand all of the details. They get turned into dolls. And so they have to, or I think it's their daughter. I don't know. They have to, uh, like solve all these puzzles and stuff and learn how to work as a team in order to become human again. Oh, that's Um, interesting. That sounds fun, though. Yeah, Jay says it's really, really good, and he thinks we'd really like it. Yeah, we should try it. So, we should definitely try it. Um, Right now it's on sale for... um, $20. I think only one person needs to have it. Oh, really? Yeah, because I can, Jay owns it, and I, it says that I can download It Takes Two Friends Pass. So I well, think you, only you, one person needs to own it. One <laughs> thing about Steam, babe, is um, if one person owns it, you can give it to the other one to download for free. Oh, yeah. So if you want it says invite games, a friend. I can give it to you for free and vice versa. Okay. This says invite a friend to join for free with Friends Pass and work together across a huge variety of gleefully disruptive gameplay challenges. Play as clashing couple Cody and May, two humans turned into dolls by magic spell. Together, trapped in a fantastical world where the unpredictable hides around every corner, they are reluctantly challenged with saving their fractured relationship. Huh. That sounds good. Yeah. I've heard it's really good. Also, it just looks really cute. (laughs) Um, what's this one? I don't know. Unraveled. There's another co-op game I've played, but I don't really feel like playing it again. And that's, um, We Were Here. (laughs) That one freaked me out. Jay and I played for an hour. We played it once for an hour. And I (laughs) almost had to sleep with the lights on. (laughs) Oh my gosh. <laughs> it, yeah. It like a horror one? No, it's just kind of spooky. Like, it's just got the spooky vibe. And it's, um, so the way we were here works is one person is the, like, puzzle person and the other is the, like, librarian. And so you've got your, like, comms in between you. Jay and I didn't bother with those. We just used Discord. We were like, ah, too lazy. <laughs> Which probably spoils a little bit of the fun, but whatever um (laughs) and so one person has the puzzles and the other person has the solutions and so you have to communicate to solve the puzzles before um the person with the puzzles dies because there's usually some like life-threatening thing going on um (laughs) jay froze to death at one point (laughs) (laughs) but the last puzzle quote-unquote is like a little play and so i was in i was like on stage um, with, like, a little record player, and so I was, like, playing, I'd play, like, a line of narration, and then Jay, I'd have to recite it to Jay, and he would be backstage, and he'd have to figure out which, like, set pieces to slide on to, like, tell the little story, uh-huh. um, 
And I was like, okay, this is cute. Like, this is fun. And then my, like, vision started, like, going black around the edges. And I was like, something bad is happening. This is not good. And Jay was like, run to the back of the stage. Like, run now. And so I ran to the back of the stage and I turned around and the chandelier had come to life and was like this puppet, uh, like... Oh my gosh, it was it was so creepy. And it was like really cartoony, but it was just it freaked me out so bad because it was literally like standing right at the front of the stage, just like staring oh. up at the stage with little white eyes, and it freaked me out so bad. Um <laughs> it, Oh my god, it really genuinely scared me. <laughs> that would scare me too. Jeez. Oh my gosh. It <laughs> But it was a fun game. Like, I really enjoyed doing, like, the puzzles and stuff. I just didn't particularly like that part. Also, Jay did die at one point. Uh-oh. <laughs> he did. He did indeed. I, I, I let him die. It was, you let like him a, die? Well, there's, like, a chess game out in the snow, and you have to move the puzzles the right way, and he froze to death. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> editing kenzie here i just want to give you a heads up that the rest of the outtakes this week consists of spider-man no way home spoilers so if you are trying to avoid those just end the episode here love you so much we will talk to you next week bye all right uh you know what we should talk about sam no (laughs) (laughs) i mean we can we should but I want what? to talk about Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man. <laughs> I want oh, to talk about so Spider-Man. Uh, so uh, that's my, it's my favorite. Um, okay, so spoilers from here. Uh, I'll probably put a little audio thing. Uh, and if I haven't, No Way Home spoilers. If you haven't seen the most recent Spider-Man movie, this uh, is your, you don't want to be spoiled. To <laughs> <laughs> um, Haley took me to see No Way Home last night. And I genuinely uh, say that it is my favorite Spider-Man movie. It was right, so good. Right now at this moment, uh, it's my favorite Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, at this moment, it's something. my favorite Marvel movie. Um, my favorite Marvel anything is still WandaVision. Oh, so good. But my favorite Marvel movie is No Way Home. Um, oh my gosh. (laughs) It's just like the perfect combination of Spider-Man nostalgia tied in with the MCU. Yeah. And it's so fucking good. (laughs) And it's so, like, Peter's character development is so good. Peter is, like, one of the, like, most heavily emotionally developed characters in the MCU. From... Well, what my friend, um, Harrow pointed out is what we've got in uh, No Way Home is a reverse origin story for Spider-Man. Yeah, well, it's... I was thinking about this today, so I watched Super Carlin Brothers um, review. We're, we're basically um, we're, No Way Home, and they they really we're Spider Man 
like starts out in like his comic book story, you know, kind of yeah. broke in his own apartment and no one knows his identity and yeah. you know, he's having so, issues. The way that I was thinking about Aunt it May is this Gobendi. is yeah. Yeah. But so like we've already gotten like our MCU Peter Pegger's kind of origin story over the course of three movies. You mm-hmm. know, like we know where that we don't know exactly how he got his powers, but like we know where he came, we know who he is and where he comes from. But this movie is also it's, it's a, a coming of Spider-Man well, origin story. <laughs> it's it's a coming of age because Peter that, yeah. for the last three movies, the way that I I made a I wrote a little thing. Let me find it. If it will load. Please load. Um, so Peter, for the last two f- movies, for every movie we've seen him in, has been, like, looking up to another hero. Like, Peter is, he's, f- like, 14, 15 when we first meet him. Um, and he doesn't know how to be a hero. He's got these superpowers, and he knows that people with superpowers are do hero stuff, but he's in high school, you know, he doesn't know how to be a hero. And so with each of the different movies, he like, first he's looking up to Tony, and then he looks up to Mysterio and these these characters who he sees as being older and more experienced and like, oh, they've got this hero stuff down. I can learn from them. You know, he looks up to these mentor characters. And um, but with No Way Home, like Peter wants to look up to people to like know what to do and he can't. He can't do that. Strange is like, no, you've got to fix your mess. And May's like, you have to help these guys. And Peter has to make his own decision. He finds kind of the hero in himself in a very exactly. So like he he meets multiple versions of himself even in different universes. (laughs) But so Peter has to he decides to trust Aunt May and he trusts his own like gut, his own heart, and he makes a decision that ultimately doesn't work out that well, but he'll stand by it. Like, mm-hmm. I think even, like, in hindsight, he'd probably still stand by that decision. Yeah. Um, and then when the other Spider-Men show up, we see him very briefly try to be like, oh, older Spider-Mans, more experienced Spider-Mans. I can look up to them. I can learn from them. And very quickly, though, when we get to that final battle, like, we get the little Spidey huddle, and the <laughs> others are like, hey, so we don't know how to work as a team. We've never had to do this before. And Peter had to be like, okay, well, I do. I'll lead. And, Mm -hmm. like, I can totally see this new Peter being a leader in the the new Avengers. Oh, he is, Um, for sure. Because by the end of the the film, he's taking steps towards being his own kind of hero. He's He's a kind of leader who will do what's right, and not just because or not just what's like the easy thing and he will sacrifice himself to save everybody even if it's the hardest decision he's ever made um super carlin brothers compared it to like peter finding his steve side he's been like little tony for so long you know Mm -hmm. he's the little smart one with all the tech stuff and this is peter finding like the heart that makes spider-man spider-man you know but at the same time it's also a coming of age because peter like we've seen him as like a high schooler fumbling his way trying to find his place not just like as a hero but also like as a a kid high school is a really weird time and now he's stepping out of high school into the adult world and he's also stepping out of 
having these older heroes to look up to and having to be the hero to look up to. And uh, it makes me so fucking psyched for Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm so hyped. Oh, uh, We got some... Um, not only do we now have the Spider-Verse canon, uh, we got some <laughs> hints that perhaps in the next movie or two we might get a Miles Morales as well. Yes. So a, a thousand percent Peter Parker is going to be mentor to Miles Morales. Oh, yeah. And we're definitely so, getting a Venom at some point. Yeah, that um, was hinted at too. Yeah. Um, apparently, I learned this from the Super Carlin Brothers review, apparently the actor who plays the bartender is in Ted Lasso, which I didn't know, but Super Carlin Brothers, Ben and Jay, really love Ted Lasso, and he's like an up-and-coming, really talented <laughs> actor, and so they're like, could he be the next Venom? Or are they gonna go with Flash? Like, because I guess that's a thing that happens at least once, as Flash becomes Venom. I'm not yes, sure. That, maybe it's just a that. different character. And then we've got Ned can do the spinny portal thingy <laughs> that took Strange a whole movie to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he can't close it, but he can open it. <laughs> he can open it. <laughs> he can open it. I think the other one's closed because he just stopped thinking about them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, I have seen some people say that Aunt May's death like was kind of cheap. Like it wasn't, didn't have the emotional weight that it could have had. And I don't agree with that. I think it was really powerful, and it was because... I think it did, too, yeah. I think her the death, only downside for me at is, least, is I wish no that more we Marissa had... Tomei. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just wish that we had had a little bit more yeah. background yeah. on her, and I a little if... bit more interaction with Peter in the last yeah. couple movies. Yeah, I think in but... general, if we got more across all three movies, it would have definitely held more power, but because part of the reason for me that it holds like weight is because it was her idea to rehabilitate the villains like mm -hmm. she presents in this movie as peter's moral compass and so like she's the one she's his heart you mm -hmm. know she's the one who guides him into doing the right thing even in the other movies sometimes too like her advice and her wisdom is a huge influence on his character and the decisions that he makes. And so with this movie, we got to see that like firsthand because we got more of their interactions. But also I realized like, like we say Aunt May, but she is his mother. Like this Basically, is his yeah. <laughs> mother figure. We, at least in the eyes of the audience, like, cause we never see his actual biological parents. Like this is his mom, essentially, emotionally within the story, you know? And his moral compass and the heart of Peter Parker. And so I think her loss was, it could have been more powerful maybe, but I freaking loved it. Also, it I didn't really know that she actually said the with great power line exactly as it originally happens in the comics. Mm -hmm. So like we all know with great power comes great responsibility because I think that's the, the version from the original Tobey Maguire. Yeah. And that's like the that's the one that's kind of held within pop culture. But the way that Aunt May says it is actually how it's originally said in the comics. Oh, okay. I can't remember how she says it. It's like yeah. with great power there must also be great responsibility something or something like, like that. that. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was okay, very interesting cool. that they pulled that exact like line out. Exact quote. But yeah. It was but with her 
like death though like peter loses his moral compass and we see peter go off the rails and he has to find his own moral compass within himself again like leaning on what yeah, she's taught him too. and the other spider-man yeah because what we've got um both with you know toby mcguire spider-man and andrew garfield spider-man they've both kind of gone off the deep end before of like seeking revenge yeah well and... they both try to warn him like, yeah, and they're and, they're like, hey, it's... <laughs> like it doesn't help, you know. They're like, yeah, we've been there before. Make you feel better. You don't. You shouldn't have to go through this that we went through, you know. So you have to yeah. stop. But he really does. He really did still have to go through it. You know? Yeah, we, we like, still he have, still like, Toby he had, still had to go through the emotional like feeling the bitterness and stuff. Yeah. But they Toby stopping him. Oh my god, that was such a good moment. <laughs> I loved that whole scene. I just loved all of them together. All of their interactions. At all three, or just like two at a time, it was always so good. <laughs> their chemistry was just golden. Oh my god, they were so funny. Oh my gosh. I loved when Toby's Spider-Man gets stabbed, and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man's like, are you okay? And he's like, oh yeah, no, I've been stabbed before. And you're like, oh, okay, he's gonna be good. He'll be fine. Because we I was a little worried for a second. I was like, are they gonna kill a Spider-Man? Like, are we are we about to kill a Spider-Man here? And then he was like, nah, I'll be good. And I was like, okay. I also love how they mentioned, like, the fact that Toby Spider-Man shoots webs out of his body. <laughs> oh my gosh! They're like, how does that work? And he's like, I don't really think about it. Like, it's like breathing. Does it come out any other spot? <laughs> I died. Oh my gosh, that's one of the things I love about this movie, though, is because it's it's fucking hilarious. It's so mm. funny, but also it's really emotional. Like when Aunt May died, I was like, I might cry. <laughs> you know? Oh, I definitely like, cried. <laughs> oh my gosh, twice. When one of my favorite moments, and I have seen some people wonder if like not having seen the other Spider Mans or not being really familiar with the other Spider Mans would like lessen the impact of some of the like moments within no way home but i don't think it did at all as someone who i've only seen the first two of toby Maguire's spider-man and it was years ago like years ago like i barely remember them i remember really loving willem dafoe and that's kind of it <laughs> yeah it, whereas for me it was like and I i've only seen with... through uncle ben's death in andrew garfield's spider-man so like i don't yeah. I haven't seen his sequel. I haven't seen Gwen's death or anything like that. Yeah. But for me, the moments were still really strong. Like, I understood the importance of them, even though I hadn't experienced, like, the source material, I think. But you yeah. grew up on Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah, like, that was, like, the first big superhero movie I'd ever seen in theaters and, like that was like my first superhero experience so yeah i'm very Spider nostalgic was, for this i think toby Maguire spider-man was this like first superhero for a lot of people our age to be yeah. honest um like spider-man is like such a core character within pop culture because, like, when that first Iron Man movie came out, everybody was like, who the fuck is Iron Man? <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was like, I don't know who Iron Man is. 
<laughs> like yeah. I think I went to see the Thor movie because I knew Thor from Norse mythology and I was like, oh, he's they've like a comic book character based on him. That's cool. <laughs> Let's go see that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know who Iron Man is. <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> and I think like a lot of the like non-comic book fans kind of had the same mindset. But with Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man movies, like, he, like, they, they, like, cemented Spider-Man within pop culture and made him this key character for, like, all generations. Yeah. You know? Very true. Well, Sony, like, really, like, revolutionized. Because before that, they'd tried to do, the Marvel had tried to do movies. Um, they had tried. <laughs> try is the operative word. <laughs> Man, Did if they you succeed? see clips from the old uh, Captain America movies from like the seventies, they're so fucking no, funny. Oh my god! Oh my god! I bet he steals a car like five times. <laughs> what? Cap steals a by, car by pretending to be hurt, so the person gets out of the car, and then he just runs into the seat and drives oh away. <laughs> he pulls off Cap. the same trick like every single. Time. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. You guys will have to look up. That is so funny. Oh my gosh. But yeah, like DC had found success with like in like the film industry like pretty early on. We had like Superman and Batman and you know, like those guys were really well cemented in pop culture for decades. Yeah, like and meanwhile traditionally if you think of like superhero (laughs) classic, it's Superman, it's Batman, Wonder Woman, like no one really heard Justice League was like really well known. But yeah, Marvel just had never really made it. And so then when Spider-Man got sold to Sony and Sony was like, here we go. <laughs> and they freaking nailed it. And now Spider-Man is like a, a staple of superhero. Like when you think superhero, you think Spider-Man. Um, which is why I was so glad when they added him to the MCU in general. Mm-hmm. Me too. Oh, but I just fucking love this movie. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. It's definitely my favorite Spider-Man movie now. <laughs> the whole fucking cast was so good. The fact they got the so original actors names. for all the original yeah. villains, too, was so good. I know, um, Jamie Foxx, I think they had to tell him they would, like, redesign his character. Because he was like, I'm sorry, I don't want to be blue again, thanks. <laughs> Wait, was he blue in the, in the original <laughs> Spider-Man? Yeah. That's the one I hadn't seen. I hadn't seen the second <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man movie. Oh, <laughs> uh, the the one where Gwen dies. Yeah. Okay, so the, you hadn't seen that one either. I'd seen the so, clips of like her dying, but I knew she died, but I hadn't really seen it. I'd seen the shot. I knew how she died of because her falling. Because the one that's based that, on like, the comics too. Yeah, well, I've seen the shot of her falling, especially a lot heading up, to, leading up to No Way Home, because they, they mirrored, they used that exact framing and, like, shot composition for MJ. Mm. Um, and everybody immediately caught it, who, especially <laughs> those who had seen that movie. So, like, I'd seen the shot, so, like, I knew that she died and I knew how she died, but I hadn't actually seen it within the context of the film or anything. So, yeah. but for you, did... Andrew Garfield Spider-Man catching MJ hit just as hard as you think it would have if you had oh, yeah. seen that movie. Ugh. Yeah. And I it think it's because Andrew every Garfield time. is so fucking good. 
Oh my god, with that moment when he's standing there holding her and he's like, holy fuck, I I did it. He's like, I did it. You know, he had replayed that moment in his head a million times. Oh, you know, it's been haunting him. And he was was able to to save someone else's win, basically. Like, and Zendaya had some really great great emotional chemistry going on because she's like, holy fuck, I just died. You just saved me. And, like, she can, MJ can tell that this is, like, really hitting him. And when he just holds her and is like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm not crying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I think, what was it that Ben said? Something like, if you told me to bring a box of tissues to the Spider-Man movie, I would have laughed. <laughs> like, no, bring a box of tissues to the Spider-Man movie. Oh, yeah. You're gonna need it. Because it's a tearjerker. It's just, is really emotional. Like, this movie was so emotional. I'll say, In a like... way that other MCU movies haven't been. It's one of the things that I love about WandaVision, is it just made me feel all the different feelings because I was laughing I was crying I was all over the spectrum and loving every minute of it and I think that's part of what makes a good movie because when you say a movie's emotional like you just think sad but this is all of the emotions <laughs> yeah you know uh, I loved the, the addition of all the old villains um, yes. you know just growing up watching all of them and I had grown you know attached to them like a lot of them they're not bad guys they just uh-huh. had weird things going on with their brain because of their like, weird inventions <laughs> like um dr octavius yeah dr octavius like, and goblin a lot of them you know and yeah. so getting a fa- chance to actually save them was like really like hate off emotionally you know mm-hmm. i think it was a little bit rushed because like they spent like 20 minutes at a high school lab <laughs> yeah, that but part they also was, they're but... Spider Man, so like I would have loved more of that, honestly, <laughs> of them doing their sciency Peter Parker thing. Like I, I'm all for that. Let's go. I, I was... just yeah, I love the fact that the villains were able to be redeemed. And yeah, they didn't all die. So that, they that's didn't nice. all die. <laughs> Not even Norman. Not even Norman. Oh my god, I don't think Willem Dafoe knows the definition of phoning in a performance. Like he's, he's so he fucking skipped, good. He skipped the day of acting school where they taught them how to do a bad job. Like <laughs> I, he kills it in every single thing he does. At the end, when he's like, like the goblin is like fading, and uh-huh. Norman is coming out again, and he's realizing kind of what he's done, and you can see like the trans, the character transition just in his eyes. Yeah. Oh my god! I was thinking, also, like... the man is sixty, and he <laughs> did his own stunts. Not all of them, but he did a good number of them, and they were going ham. That was like a boxing match there at the end. Oh yeah, which I really appreciated how brutal and like raw that was. Like there was no Spidey flipping. Like, there was some web shooting, but like it was it was just two people just going at it, and it yeah. it was brutal. Oh my god! I just remember thinking that moment when you know he gets cured and you can see like him coming out of it. He, he just like reminded me of like almost like a little kid, you know? It's like, oh, yeah. God, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, but it was also, like, a little moment of freedom, too. Like, he's, yeah. like, he's he's free for the first time in who knows how many years, you know? 
and also <laughs> and also like coming to terms with everything that he's done is going to be a, a whole that's going to be a party <laughs> also his son is now dead <laughs> yes yeah there is that Poor but Harry. now he can grieve properly at least you know oh my god I just love that movie I do think they kind of underutilized um Dr. Connors yeah he's the one villain that kind of got the short end of the stick yeah I did love when Peter was like I didn't even know you could talk (laughs) that was pretty good I love that that Ned called him a dinosaur yeah (laughs) the dinosaur can talk (laughs) oh my god when Peter transports the tree into the basement and that's oh, like, it's just a tree it's like a it's like a magic tree <laughs> i loved ned nerding out over the sh- shockingly ordinary but also insane basement of the sanctum the how do you say it sanctum sanctorum pl- sanctum sanctorum I, I, I can never remember that you like, have an undercroft <laughs> and it's just a basement a torture rack that's a Pilates machine. <laughs> I really like, there's no way to, to... sugarcoat this. You're literally in the basement of a wizard. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I remember people looking at the the scene in the um, trailer, the scene where Doc Ock tells Peter and MJ and Ned like his name, and they're like. <laughs> like they just start cracking up like nobody your real name i remember people looking at that scene in the trailer and being like he's in a different place than they are (laughs) and i was like how is that yeah they are in a different place than him like that's very clearly like a cluttered old basement and he's in like a magic cell (laughs) and then (laughs) no same place the same place (laughs) it's just a wizard's basement what can you expect Oh my gosh. Uh, also, the trailer at the end for the second Doctor Strange movie? Holy crap. I'm so, so fucking hyped. We've got also, Wanda like it's back. It's starting to look like Wanda won't be a bad guy. Which, like, fuck yeah. I'm all for I Wanda being a bad guy. I never thought she was going to be a bad guy. <laughs> there was some speculation that, especially like with her becoming the Star- Scarlet Witch and her taking the Dark Hold, that like she was going to be the one to break the multiverse. Um, trying to get her kids back. Mm. Um, but, uh, clearly not. <laughs> oh, that's Dr. Strange's fault. Yeah. <laughs> and Peter Parker, partially. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, but... Oh, I'm kind of excited for evil Dr. Strange. <laughs> yeah, that would be creepy. That's gonna be fun. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch does great villains. So, I, but I haven't actually got to see him play a villain that's not CGI. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's not a giant dragon, <laughs> or a giant alien, or uh, Sa- Sa- um, Sauron. He plays the yeah. um, the the like necromancer, yeah, which he is does. Sauron. Yeah, but he's also Dormammu. <laughs> He was Dormammu too? Yeah! I didn't know that. I didn't know. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't gotten to, to see him play I, a I bad guy that's Smaug. not like 100% CGI. Oh, I knew he was Smaug. Everybody knows he's Smaug. Um, 
the behind the scenes videos are comedy gold of him crawling around. Oh my gosh. It <laughs> is a little spandex green suit. Yeah. It's like the, the freaking CGI suit. Oh my god. I love it. It's golden. It's so good. Oh my gosh. All right. I had lots of thoughts that I've cum- accumulated over the day. I'd even, like, written a bunch of them down so that I could say them right. <laughs> but it all sums up to I fucking love this movie. <laughs> oh, I saw a tweet that- I forgot about this. I saw a tweet. I'll have to see if I can- see if I can find it again. And if I do, I'll link it in the show notes. Um, but it said that Willem Dafoe is to Green Goblin what Heath Ledger is to the Joker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I never, I've never, i never <laughs> agreed with anything more in my life. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. You have such a good performance. There is nobody more iconic and perfect. And, like, when you think Green Goblin, you think Willem Dafoe, you know? Yeah. And, like, same with the, you know, Heath Leather and Joker. Like, I only recently, like, in the last year, watched that Batman movie. I think I had to watch it for class. <laughs> Um, because for five years I only watched things if somebody else was watching it with me or if it was assigned to me (laughs) but like even before that though like when I think thought of the Joker I thought of Heath Ledger's Joker yeah because it's just like so iconic and just completely embodies the role in the most perfect way possible oh my god I love Willem Dafoe the other thing that I know I've seen him in is um, John Wick. He's in the first John Wick movie and he does a great job. He is absolutely fantastic. As always, we need to watch John Wick. We need to watch John Wick. We need to watch The I Matrix. I have seen any of those or those. <laughs> um, I'm going to just make you watch everything Keanu Reeves ever been in. That's okay. I haven't seen most of it myself. <laughs> Um, I really want to watch, I really want to go see Matrix Resurrection, but I don't want to go alone. <laughs> I'll go with you after I watch the first one, <laughs> so I know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> Babe, there's three. Do I have to watch all three before that one? Yes. It's a, the, the, there's a tr- three movies before, and they all link into each other. <laughs> Uh, that's a lot <laughs> it is a lot of movies there are also three John Wick movies <laughs> I finally saw Kingsman the other day <laughs> uh, I want to watch those it was really My good friend Mana really likes them. I know Pedro Pascal's in one of them I just saw the first he one like so a, far, he's, but... like a, he's a cowboy um, and he kicks butt I think he's a bad guy I want to see the second one now, and then I want to see the new one that's coming out. That one is the new one the too. third? Or, I think it's a prequel. It's I'm a prequel. Really sure. Third movie, but it's a prequel. Yeah. Third released, but comes before the others. Yeah. Oh my god, I only have one more gray square to fix. Hallelujah. Okay, should we talk about Supernatural? Now that I've spent an hour talking about Spider-Man. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I think it was actually closer to 40 minutes, but let's go. Yeah.